A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Won't you get with my daughter while you're at it, Triple H? <laughs> Hello. Come on to the rock show. Come on to the people show. Come on to the premiere show. Smackdown. It's the 16th of September 1999 and the UK box office audiences are thrilled with eyes wide shut. Probably more thrilled than Kubrick who died shortly afterwards. Uh, the Venga Boys unfortunate cover of We're Going to Ibiza is the cover is it a reworking? It's pretty crap, by the way, to be honest with you. Oh, Venga Boy's getting buried at the very beginning. Uh, and Soul Calibur is the hit game all the young kids are talking about. It's supposed to be called Soul Edge, but the litigious little uh, British video game person insisted he owned the copyright to anything that had the word Edge in it. Oh! So Soul Calibur is the name that was uh, they stuck with. Still call that to this day. But never mind that, Tom. Never mind that, Math. And a small little wrestling company <laughs> somewhere in America, SmackDown, hit its fourth show, third canonically. Canonically. I think that's is a word. the actual word for it. I love when you make up words, people know exactly what you mean when you're saying it. Canonically. And we are a week in a bit away from the unforgiven pay per view. There's lots of things going to be set up that are going to be immediately changed by the end of next week. But before I get to that, what happened with the build-up to Unforgiven? And is SmackDown still on the air? The only way to find out the answers and more is by listening to the rest of this podcast, featuring myself, Mafu, and the man who makes him look so good and sounds, which is great because it's a podcast, so I love that you make me look good. <laughs> make me sound good, that's the bitch. Mr. Tom Campbell, how the hell are you? Welcome to the Cultaholic Classic Smackdown Review, Matthew Gray. There you go, you say the name of the podcast and everything. <laughs> Before we get into this, I've obviously set the scene. If you shut your eyes, it's almost like you're in the year 1999. Is there anything we need to know from Mr. Big Dave himself? Uh, Big Dave from off of the Wrestling Observer in this week, September 16th, 1999. Uh, that is the week of this uh, particular episode of Smackdown. Uh, we can reveal from this week there was lots of publicity uh, this particular week about a wrestler who was offering to auction one of his kidneys on eBay uh, was that Billy Graham? Uh, no it was not Billy Graham that's a surprise it was It was not indeed uh, that was Rebecca Vardy no no, no it wasn't it was Bobby Rogers uh, who was a former indie wrestler from South Florida He this is the same guy according to Dave Meltzer in the Wrestling Observer who made an offer to Paul Heyman uh, to legitimately allow his finger to be cut off for one of his shows. 
<laughs> Bobby needed some money at this point. Uh, so that was a big thing uh, taking place in Wrestling World this week. Uh, also this week, uh, Jericho, who apparently is very much into his heavy metal, uh, started writing a column for Metal Edge magazine. Little would right. we know how into his metal he truly would become. Yeah. One, of his, one of his columns starts with, you know what, this album was so bad, but I could do a better job myself. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're sad to report that the planned Monday Nitro weekly cartoon segment uh, was f- officially given the bin off this week. Nitro was going to have a, an animated bin every week uh, put together by uh, Jason Hervey and Mandalay Sports Action Entertainment. However, it is now officially not happening. So no animated Nitro. Nitro is a big enough cartoon without having to animate it, which is I, hilarious. I hadn't heard that before. Yeah, they were going to do like a little segment every week was going to be animated. Wow. I know, right? Like rock and wrestling, but like modern. Bizarre. You know what? Weirder things have happened since. We've had Camp WWE since right. then. So. Oh God, maybe it's for the best. And the, as the the cosmic balance, the cosmic dance continues. Uh, this I'm going to read <laughs> verbatim from the Wrestling Observer. Uh, we are in the, we are in the week of SmackDown, September the 16th, 1999. Uh, Rudy Marsky in his USA Today column uh, on September the 8th talked about the NFL's Monday ratings vis-a-vis wrestling, and even gave credence to the ridiculous story that the NFL had offered the WWF $100 million to move Monday Night Raw. This was a story that had done the rounds. It turned out to be obviously hokum. Um, Mm. The reality is, says Dave, based on last week's ratings, there were more viewers for all of CBS, NBC and Fox programming on Monday nights than for Raw or Nitro. So if the NFL wanted to pay somebody money to move a show, they'd want CBS to move Everybody Loves Raymond, since last week a rerun of that show drew 12.2 million viewers, while Raw is doing usually about 6 to 7 million 12 million viewers watching a rerun of Everybody Loves Raymond who are you to doubt Everyone Loves Raymond oh me absolutely <laughs> not like do you know what genuinely I think I would have rather been watching Everybody Loves Raymond some days yeah still does the rounds on Channel 4 in the UK it makes me so happy every time yeah, I get a and to see every it. time it's on on a Sunday afternoon it gets the 12.2 million viewers <laughs> 12.2 million people <laughs> watching those are some of the head, some of the highlights from this week in Wrestling Observer Newsletter it gives you a little flavour of to where the wrestling world is also this week worth noting uh, is the first full week uh, on the other side of the water since Eric Bischoff uh, was was reassigned within Turner uh, no longer part of WCW at this point yeah, it's an interesting part of Bischoff's career at this point in his career it's it sounds like you know when you're a you know, almost like a punk band, mm. and Nitro up to that point, up to night no, before I get reassigned, was like the yeah, the go around, revolutionising the business, yeah, and then getting signed to a major label and getting changed was basically <laughs> what happened to Bischoff and WCW at this time. Not quite feeling the effects, but oh, the worst is yet to come. Oh, it certainly is. It certainly and is. Also, Bobby Rogers, a quick look on here. Uh, car fired. No, I didn't mean Buddy Rogers. No, the, the, Bobby the, Rogers. He's the know. guy that, that was selling his kidney yeah. on eBay this week. Yeah, Buddy, Buddy Rogers always cited Bobby Rogers as an inspiration for him. <laughs> um, yeah, he apparently the incident was mentioned on The Simpsons, Jeopardy, David Letterman, and Jay Leno, the uh, list his kidney on. Really? TV. Yeah. So, oh, wow. I don't think it was specifically him being a wrestler doing it. I think 
was just the fact that that guy was selling his kidney on eBay. And I, I had to think, oh, yeah, in 999, that would have been a weird thing. Yeah, that, I mean, that is <laughs> that is still a very odd thing. I mean, this is long before we had crowdfunding yeah. and anything like that. It was a it was a way of clearly making some pennies for a, a hard-up wrestler. Right, and Jay Leno would have had to have gone, all right, there's this website, a, a website, your, your computer. Uh, <laughs> hang on, wait a minute, two seconds. I we, to bring out wheel out. <laughs> we do have some fun wranglings regarding the internet on this show. I always yes, love, we do. I always love when people talk about the internet yeah. at this particular point in time in 1999, mm. where it's still burgeoning, yeah. and it's and, and it just whenever anybody talks about it, it feels like that like the, the garbage is falling out of their mouth. Like they don't quite get what it is. Right. It's like badly translated stuff. Yeah, like that's that. it. That's or it. Presidential candidates are like, oh. Uh, yeah, uh, they're on IT conventions. Like, oh, I, I always copy that floppy. You know, I have no idea what they're saying, but they're hoping that we understand it. So, Can we have a T-shirt that says, Matthew Greg always copies that floppy? <laughs> Let's not. <laughs> Which, moving swiftly on, brings us to me getting this bit of tissue because I'm about to sneeze. Okay, you do that, fella. Wait, it's coming. The tension, the tension building. Before we we can't start. <laughs> now we can start. Oh, that's also the first lyric in the SmackDown song. <laughs> Jesus, sorry, Paul. Did you notice the historical significance of where we were for SmackDown? Uh, Summer Nevada, the Thomas and Mack Center in Las Vegas, Nevada. Yeah, which is you know, which is great because only last Friday SmackDown was coming out of Las Vegas once again. Uh, this time, sadly, back in nineteen ninety nine, we had no press conferences featuring major sports stars talking about shows other side of the world. Uh, sadly, not. But we did have plenty of other things to write home about. Yeah, it's a shame we didn't get quite there. We're in Vegas, everyone. So that means the Vegas Roulette. That's Roulette? it. What is it called? Oh, the Vegas. It was the. Uh, it was oh, crap. Raw roulette, wasn't Raw it? Raw roulette, that was we it. Did, <laughs> they, we're not at that point yet. Like at this point in time, WWF still very much lives in its own dichotomy. So wherever yeah. you are in the country, wherever you are in the world, with the exception of maybe the UK, where they'll put some flags out and give William Regal a win, uh, everywhere just kind of feels like you're in the WWF. It right. could be anywhere. Like there's, it's only really been later on where they do shows really specific for areas, right? Like Las Vegas. Yeah. Like they make it feel quite glitzy and special. They don't yeah. really do that so much. And it's almost like, look, we're in Vegas. People in Vegas, we know. We know, mate. There's gambling everywhere. <laughs> There's chips in the water. Anyway, it's a good song by De Deep Purple, though. Anyway, <laughs> we start with SmackDown. The referees are on strike. Yeah. Oh, uh, I love this. When they, I remember this first I, time round. I remember the match that set it up, and I thought it was very amusing. There's a... We'll come to it later on, but it was a big match on Raw. Yes, there was. And it's to this. So... One 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 ref gets bumped, so the other referee run, bumps in, and then Undertaker just turns around and punches the ref. That's and everyone it. runs in, and <laughs> like you're in a spawning point in a video game, literally waiting for the enemy to like. <laughs> All right, got yeah. There's some XP. There's some XP. So the referees are on strike, and it's almost like a, a, a kayfabe news satire at this point. It's like the referees are sick of being bumped because <laughs> this is a 99. They're taking as many bumps as the wrestlers nowadays, you know, as we'll see. But I like the whole idea of eventually the refs going, look, we can't take no more. Yeah. And then we're, we're, we're done now. And what, a, what a lovely part of the uh, part of this is, is that this is a story that 
now will just tick along in the background and yeah. we'll, we'll give you a little bit of we'll give you some trivia in, in even the most arbitrary of matches like yeah. we're going to play spot that ref yeah I, I was going to say that's good yeah that's the best thing about this episode and it's, it's if if only there was some sort of you know union you know, uniting <laughs> people together there was a union they all yeah. got binned off exactly Tom they disbanded so they, so one of them could have a date with Steph <laughs> absolute power corrupts absolutely the union and, uh, think about this the union only disbanded so that one of its members could date the boss's daughter isn't that isn't that messed up and they've got a dental plan <laughs> the show starts with Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, he says it's too bad about Ebner getting punched out on Raw when he was wrestling Triple H. Oh, that must have been it, because when we show highlights, it's not like there was like everybody in the ring at the time. Right, so there we go. It was Austin versus Triple H on Raw. Sorry, Earl. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not bothered at all. <laughs> not bothered at all. This is Austin. They've really rushed Austin yeah. back at this I, point. I was going to say, yeah, right now it's very weird, and we'll see, uh, with Steve Austin racing the WWF, because I don't think he's ready. He's not I think well. Actually, we, we did this last time. He's absolutely not ready to be in the ring, but he's, he's been also... rushed back because the ratings were struggling on, on SmackDown. Right, and the, the, also struggling is Steve Austin's body yes and a common a common thing from this particular time in WWF is all your main eventers are haggard mm. like everybody's a bit broken at this point could you have got that big old uh, six pack challenge coming up <laughs> oh excellent well, spreading spread the difference basically you got a sixth you got, each wrestler's about a sixth a sixth good at the moment so put them yeah. all in a match you got one good wrestler uh, yeah, exactly <laughs> you got one good take, I'm going to take your bad hip, take your bad knee <laughs> and create the worst wrestler on the roster, who is Mr. Hughes who we'll get to soon <laughs> uh, it's a bit weird as well I don't know how he got a title shot after, if you are watching this chronologically and why why wouldn't you, you mad pr crazy person, Steve Austin tried to kill Triple H on Smackdown <laughs> and he got a title shot that sets a bad precedent <laughs> that's it then <laughs> the beauty of wrestling during this era, right. where this sort of nonsense is pretty commonplace right. try and kill her try and kill the champ we get a title shot it's best not to think about it no it's probably best not to triple h with a black leather jacket and shades but no shirt we're so still working on this look for triple h what's we? the we're word of the podcast one two three embryotic, embryotic. And this is definitely embryotic for test it's not a good look <laughs> for triple h we even get we even get a failed catchphrase from triple h at this point. oh god do you want to do it tom <laughs> Take it away. See okay. if your dulcet tones can make this credible. So first of all, Triple H says, you ain't getting Jack Jack, which <gasps> is which suggests Triple H is trying to kidnap the child from the Incredibles. Um, at the end of the <laughs> promo, as he's saying, you're not getting a match, Triple H says, that is the name of the game. <laughs> which is a song by Apple. Yeah. <laughs> As well as a failed catchphrase by yeah. Triple H. And you, and you know, like, the emphasis and the cadence he put on it. He was pitching for this to be his catchphrase. Yeah. He was thinking, that'll be on a T-shirt. Because Stone Cold says so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Stone Cold doesn't say so, because that is the name of the game. Do you feel the yeah. same? <laughs> there was something in the air. <laughs> the stars are were uh, bright. Fernando. 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 Would have Put been a arms, arms raised. <laughs> Lay all your love on me. Uh, the, cop, <laughs> the cops that come out with Triple H, 
Sorry, I love the that. The whole load of cops come out with Triple H to, to protect mm. him. They don't look like young, hungry indie lads, do they? No. <laughs> they look like actual slightly overweight cops. I think that's what indie wrestlers look like. Maybe that's night. what it, they did look like in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, Triple H defends against a main eventer tonight with, and here we go, are you ready for a Russo trope? Look at the words. <laughs> Someone Austin has shared a ring with. Ooh. And of course, Michael Cole is there to go, my God, The Undertaker, Kane, <laughs> Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, who could it be? Brian Pillman. Brian Pillman, yeah. <laughs> and da da da. Brian Pillman is free at this point. He's working without a contract in WCW. Brian Pillman? Yeah. Yeah. Sure he is. Yeah. What? Are you joking or not? He's been dead for two years. Oh, yeah, that's what <laughs> I thought you were doing Do you know it know what it is? No, 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 no. Do you know what it is? That's why I did love to. I, I'm like, oh, come I, on, Tom. My head, my head is, <laughs> is currently in 1994 Monday Night Raw, where I do the classic Raw review with Justin Henry. And oh, bless that, you, yeah. And in that, he is a free agent. Ignore this whole bit. <laughs> Yeah, no, come on. Wrestling's changed since 94. By the way, Undertaker, Austin. <laughs> Some dentist with a mask on. It's all weird. <laughs> and I've been wrote down, and that's the name of the game, for a game show that doesn't exist. So, yeah. uh, the six-pack challenge Unforgiven is announced. Big show, tag team champion. Uh, Mankind, not a tag team champion. The Rock, his tag team partner. Kane. Not anything right now. Triple H, the name of the game. And Undertaker. Yeah. He said Undertaker twice. I like Undertaker. <laughs> yes. Still got it. You forgot the big show. Is the big big show? I did, I did in say this? big show at the start. Did you? you did. Oh, I thought you said Undertaker twice. Bless oh, you. No, who's no. the most tired at this point? Oh, bless you, Tom. <laughs> Tom is deliberately messing up, like Jack Evans in AEW. That's so exactly I, what I'm his doing. opponent, look better. Isn't he a nice guy? Good like that. Yes, he is. Stop messing up. However, this match would not happen. As announced here, but uh, it's not on this SmackDown, but we'll skip ahead a bit. Undertaker would not be in that pay-per-view. This is... What? Yeah, this is... A, like I said, we're, we're setting up a lot of stuff, and a lot of stuff is about to change. And clips of the wrestlers blitzing referees and living out the dreams of many a drunken football fan. I thought, so that, so good, I thought that was a good enough line to write down and say on this podcast. See, the reason, yeah, this is where they explain why we're getting a six-pack mm -hmm. challenge. Because So we're getting this big six-pack match because uh, we couldn't decide on a, on, a, uh, on a number one contender. We had the five-man free-for-all on Monday Night Raw, yep. which just descended into the refs getting knocked around left, right, and center. And, and I remember from this, they didn't show it in the clip, but it does show like Undertaker knocking down a ref. It shows everybody beating up the referees that come back out. Like, as you said, you know, they're respawning. And then as soon as Il Hebner walks down to the ring, it just goes, oh, forget this. It goes back yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. The locker room empties. Like, everybody. Like, almost like the, like someone, like, our truth just ran into the ring with a 24-7 title. Yeah. Like, everybody just pegs it into the ring. And it's just carnage. Like, it's yeah. almost like everyone's waiting in the back to go, Oh, if only I could just have a random rock with somebody. Yeah. Oh, there's no refs. Let's go, lads. But that's it. With Hebner, they'd go, ah, ah, I give up. It's like, that's it. Lads, the purge. <laughs> and the, the charge. The finally happened. Yeah. Now. Here comes Sean Stasiak with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. An audio recording device. Of a gun. And a gun. <laughs> Got to make this accurate, right, Tom? <laughs> Tell lawsuits work. Oh. Anyway, so there's a five-man uh, Royal Rumble rules match between the headliners, just to see who will be. It's who's in first. Yeah, which if you see how the match 
happens does make a lot of sense but like I said we just had all the referees doing a strike so let's not worry about it yeah I wouldn't worry too much about about sensibility of this thing yeah and (laughs) okay it's what I'm talking about to happen now Shane McMahon comes out as Shasta McNasty gets plugged by Michael Cole so I did some research here okay this show did well ratings wise after getting preempted basically the show that's like hey stick around we've just preempted the show after this Shasta McNasty and then died when it wasn't and it got the time slot moved Cindy Margolis is in the crowd to kickstart the plug and because basically Cindy Margolis is also uh, right now the Guinness Records most downloaded woman 1999 she is the queen of the internet queen uh, of the internet uh, it was yes. actually from Yahoo that she was the one in their yearly poll from 1996 to 1999 I mean, she was apparently one of the most downloaded women on Yahoo yeah madness right I mean this did change quite a lot because remember didn't like, other people like Victoria Stillstead have that accolade it changed every Sony year did. Yeah. Sony did for a while Sony that's right according to WWF yeah. and this is according to Yahoo yeah. which, which knows its internet as we all know these days so basically this makes wrestling look like a clean honest uh, organisation they've got Cindy Margolis here because she's downloaded she's got breasts and all this to on Smackdown to help Shasta McNasty she's not a regular cast member of Shasta McNasty she she's not? in two episodes are you kidding so you know I'm saying there's a lot of bait and switch on this show it's to get you ready for what life was like I assumed that she was a main part of the show yeah uh, no uh, Gary Busey's kid was a uh, main part of the show <laughs> and also Brian Christopher appears in one of these episodes it gets no plugs because he's now breasts <laughs> so yeah uh, she, a lot of happy stuff happening there and they're like yeah Michael's like wow that's her that's her Shasta McNasty watch Shasta McNasty look at them look at them there's two reasons to watch Shasta McNasty alright Joe anyway Shane McMahon is mad that Joey Abs isn't listening to him and he's still attacking Test and he, Joey Abs went as far as to call Stephanie McMahon a tramp oh my god he's the lady she's not a tramp hey. um, so yes uh, previously on an episode of Smackdown long long ago Shane McMahon called the truce I believe that's what we call them war. I have to study my wartime genre. <laughs> I think it was it was war. It was peace in wartime. Yeah, Armistice, <laughs> the Mean Street Posse, and Test. Uh, a bit uh, like that fine. photo with Tamatonga and Finn Balor from this week. It's peace in wartime. Yes. They had a game of footy. And <laughs> all However, Joey Abs does not recognise. <laughs> does not recognise the Armistice. <laughs> Sorry, what? What, a, what a sentence. <laughs> like, like he's this crazy country. Like, no. <laughs> I'll call it Taiwan. <laughs> like, Joey Abs does not recognize this. So there's still thing. So, Super Shane. You know, if you love Super Shane uh, in 2019, don't worry, here's the debut of him. Takes out all of the Mean Street Posse. As Stefan, uh, Stefan Man and Tess, the happy couple, come down to watch him get killed. It's three on one, and they don't help out, but they do watch. And they, that's they're a good happy lad. just to watch. Yes. No referees due to the strike. So who's that ref, Tom? This this particular ref is Gerald Briscoe. Gerald Briscoe. No, Gerald no, Briscoe, no. Gerald Briscoe, Gerald yeah, Briscoe. Yeah, <laughs> I was trying to think how you do that. It's Gerald Briscoe. Sorry, the only line I know Gerald Briscoe said in the last 10 years is, I'll block you if you say anything negative about my son, Wes. <laughs> we kicked your butt. Is that yeah. true? <laughs> yeah. We have a good Gerald Briscoe. Oh, that was it. Um, kicked your butt. When Triple H uh, was in a meeting, whatever, and they were like, oh, we're probably going to put the title on Angle. And Triple H was like, pfft, he's too small. So Gerald Briscoe was like, 
Yeah, could you take him? <laughs> Did he really say that? Words that effect are like, yeah, who, who, do you want to fight him then and see what happens? And he's oh, like, yeah. Oh, get in. So, yeah, Joe Briscoe shows up putting on the shirt to so the kiddies get it. Oh. The referee strike, we've got random refs this week. Because in the world of wrestling, how do you know that man's a, sh- uh, a referee? He's putting on a shirt. <laughs> oh, okay. He is option four of your custom, custom costumes on WWF No Mercy. That's right. That is how you know he is a referee. I did that line. I'm glad you stole him. <laughs> Pete Gas tries to mess with him. But luckily, luckily for Joe Briscoe, Pat Patterson replies. Uh, he gets taken out too, because <laughs> he's Pat Patterson. Uh, but that means that it's down to Shane versus Abs. And as a reminder of the history between the Mean Street Posse and, and, and the Stooges. Yeah. Never mind the Dudleys versus Edge and Christian. Got, yeah. This is the hot tag team feud. The, the Stooges versus versus the Mean yeah. Street Posse. And there is, though. There this is, should have been the TLC match. Like, if you miss a single second of a, a line of commentary on the show, you will miss so much lore. It is so rich, this show. Tolkien would have bloody loved SmackDown <laughs> in 99. Somebody sent me a message. On Twitter, I wish I could remember your name. I do apologise. I don't. Thank you. Sorry. They 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 said to me, could you not? Could you and Matthew have not waited a couple of years to start this podcast so that the Raw and SmackDown ones will be in line? Because I do the <laughs> classic SmackDown review with Justin Henry, but we're only in 1994 on that. Mm. And they said, could you not wait a couple of years? Well, no, because you know, I'm, like I'm getting heart palpitations back on the regular. I don't think I'll be here in a couple of years' yeah. time. We need to crack on with this <laughs> now while I'm still here. And it's taken us about an hour and a half to get up to the first match. On SmackDown and go through the history of all the segments. Exactly. Take, you could do two Raw 94 podcasts. <laughs> Just that Henry goes, uh, the referee would be, uh, sorry, the referee is dead. <laughs> Jesus. Sorry, pal. Guess who's dead? Yeah, guess who's dead. And the jobber is still working to this day. <laughs> like, all right, great. Quite a few of them are. Yeah. We are, and we have to explain in minute by minute the details of the Madison's Madison Square Bad, you idiot. Mean Street Pot, I've written MSP. Madison Square I have written MSP for shorthand for the Mean Street Posse, and I nearly effing called them the Ministry of Sound then. This is shorthand. So you went with Madison Square Garden instead? Shorthand. You can write it, but you cannot read it. This podcast brought to you by Matthew writing this on a megabus. I'm never doing that again. I'll find a desk next time. Can I buy you like a tablet or like a laptop for Christmas? I think I've had some tablets before this. (laughs) But don't let Tom's Tom's authority (laughs) falling off his chair get in the way of the fact there's only one man that can can change what they say in wartime, that can tip the scales. There we go. And that man is the former meat Sean Stasiak to count the pitch by putting on the shirt <laughs> after Shane McMahon's flippity doodah off the top rope causing Lawler to exclaim where did all these referee shirts come from <laughs> apparently Sean Sejak got beat up by the MSP who knows what that stands for Mystery on Raw sound. <laughs> and very much by getting beat up by the MSP he is lower than Captain Nemo on the Raw <laughs> roster so, so Jesus. Stay, 
Stasiak actually has a bit of, yeah, as you say, a bit of history with the Beach Street Posse. He actually defeated, uh, Stasiak defeated Joey Abs on Sunday Night Heat <laughs> a week before this. Oh, no, we're not bringing up Sunday Night Heat as well, are we? <laughs> Got to drop in a little bit of the heat law. Uh, so there is, there is, there's at least a little bit of uh, a reason as to why Stasiak, but I don't quite know why he's suddenly like the, the super friend of the McMahons because he runs out to save the day and make the count. So he's a ref tonight and he's a, and he's a Vince McMahon appointed referee. Right, but he's he's not a friend of the McMahons. He's an enemy of the MSP. No, of the Ministry the of MSP makes him sound like a freaking terrorist organization. <laughs> I've got to stop doing that. But I, I, I can't believe we're bringing up Sunday Night Heat. I mean, yeah. I, thought they were trying to, I, tried, I thought they were trying to forget that show like it was a Godfather icy title ring. <laughs> now, every so, every so often, only every so often, oh. do they do anything storyline-led that, that, make, that bleeds off onto Sunday yeah. Night Heat. Very rarely do they do it. More, three shows a week is to, to all connect together. Is <laughs> They're one rich tapestry, but you don't necessarily need to watch Heat in order to, to fill in the blanks. You, I think with SmackDown, you need to watch Raw. I feel like, and, this, yeah. and what you said is absolutely true, and this is why this is one of the more interesting podcasts to do, because the law is so rich, and it changes so much that you, you have to have one eye on Raw from this past week to yeah. kind of get a vibe of where we are with SmackDown, because things change right. week to week. Yeah, you're right. You have to either watch Raw or listen to Michael Cole. So you're <laughs> right. You do have to watch Raw every week. I'd rather watch Raw. Yeah. <laughs> and next segment. I'm a bit of letters. And next segment. Yeah, I've got to do that bit. Ivory, the women's champion. It's the uh, first time I've seen her on SmackDown, so shows how... I think it's, it's like Mean Street Posse, somewhere between there is Ivory Women's title, then Sean Stasiak. Right. right now. Anyway, she comes out... And she spots Cindy Margolis, star of Shasta McNasty, <laughs> on the TV while she's watching it backstage. Uh, she brings up that she's the most downloaded woman, all this. Uh, doesn't get much of a pop, considering how popular she was online. Uh, they mustn't have recognised her with all her clothes on. We, uh, we talked about how talking about internet things is so foreign at this point. The way that Ivory is completely blown away that Cindy Margolis has her own unique URL, where Ivory goes, double! www.cindymargolis.com Like the idea of having your own .com. Yeah. Mind you, I guess like, you know, she wasn't slumming it with the GeoCities. So yeah. it kind of makes sense that like the idea of having a unique URL like this shows somebody's doing all right. Yeah. That's great. No, she, and then she had some mic and goes, actually, it's www.cindy-margolis. <laughs> it's actually geocities.com slash cindy69margolis, but Golis with a zero. Uh, you'll know it's mine because it'll have the animated GIFs saying welcome in rotating letters. If it doesn't have dancing Jesus, then it isn't <laughs> Sunday margolis <laughs> And you get that, this is actually how a lot of people made a decent amount of money. Yeah, day was that Botchamania started? Um, <laughs> was buying websites. Please tell me that, that Botchamania... Chat me up on this, Matthew. Oh, no. Chat me up on this. Um, did Botchamania start as a Geocities? No, it did not. It doesn't go no. that far back, bless him. No. How far but back No, I'll, get, I'll do one better, though. It started off as Botchamania.org. Whoa. And I realised, oh, no one's actually got .com, so I got that as well. Oh, really? So you bought the .org <laughs> just assuming somebody's already beaten you to I thought it would be like, oh, somebody will have it or it'll be too expensive. And then I'd actually look at Oh, it's not. Oh. When did you. Because of this and stuff like this. To yeah. bring it back to this, yeah. Wow. Cinemargolis.com. She must be a millionaire <laughs> to buy that. No, and so that, that's not how it works at all. When, was, when did you found Botchmania? Uh, it was already. 
a pre-existing thing by the, oh God, don't forget his name, Matthew, you sound like a dick, the Chikara referee, I've forgotten his name. Oh, Price John, Hemsburg. no God, John Barber. John Barber, okay. The other, other, other Chikara referee. <laughs> like, he wouldn't have even made it on this show. Oh, bless him. But uh, nice guy, well, as we say about everybody that we don't really like, don't we? Nice guy. Uh, he and his mate had apparently made Botchmania 1 and then 2, and then someone else made the third one, uh, Joey Knight Heat from the Russell Crab forums. So I saw them and went, oh, it's uh, it's like Doctor Who. It changes every time, right? Oh, I'll hop on then and debauch Mania 4. That was my first one. And enough people, and I said enough people, it's like 30 people That's watching. That's a lot back with, in the internet. Oh, I mean. Days. Back in the early <laughs> days. In the early days. In the early days. Yeah. When you had to go connect to a Russian satellite to freaking check emails. That was an entire, that was entire city on the internet back in the day. <laughs> uh, crowd aren't buying it. Maybe they were, were there with their female companions and they were going to go, oh, I know those. So Ivory has to get a pop by saying bitch because women in 99 pretty much had to say that word to get any pop. Because she was trying to get Cindy Margolis to lie down and do one of her poses and Cindy wasn't having it. Yes. And then Ivory got quite aggressive with her. It got a bit rapey, I thought. Oh, Jesus. It felt a bit rapey. A bit, don't, don't take it again. What, rapey? <laughs> it got a bit rapey. It's it not a sentence. A rapey. You are too, too pure. To be saying that, I wouldn't even say that. <laughs> but she was trying to get Cindy Margolis to lie on the floor. That's what you're used to, Cindy. Yeah. And eventually, Sasha McNasty tonight at nine. And <laughs> which eventually she did, though. Aha. Uh -huh. Causing Jeff Jarrett to see a woman on the floor and instinctively put her in the figure four leg lock. This is why Jeff Jarrett would never work at a bed and breakfast. <laughs> That's what you went with. <laughs> uh, Ivory is hopping in the background, so happy. So Jeff Jarrett does it to her as well, <laughs> oh, which is pretty counterproductive for the women's title, but no one cares about it at this point. So, so la 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 la, all hail jail. Jeff, Jeff Jarrett has jail. now just destroyed two women with the figure four. Should I say all hail Jeff then? I said all hail jail. Well, hell, well, it could be <laughs> all hail the jail. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Jeff Jarrett got arrested for this. <laughs> anyway, backstage, Triple H says nothing. Mark Henry. <laughs> he does just stand there. And do you know what's weird? He stands there without elbow pads on. It's weird. And it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. I don't like seeing his elbows. He's clearly been working on his pecs these last few weeks. And I think he wanted that, but you can't really get pec pads. No. He's, so. look, he's looking good, but I just... Looking weird real without his, without his wrist taping, without his elbow pads. I don't like seeing all of his arm. Yeah. He's like an upside-down Cody Rhodes. <laughs> Mark Henry, European champion. Oh, that Again. belt is proper strapped around his oh. waist, isn't it? Oh, my God. He's on the last couple of buckles. That's a lot of sexy chocolate. <laughs> and, wow, they are really hyping home the sexual chocolate aspect of Mark Henry's character here. With Code Raw, it's one of my favorite things. It's a tag match. It's Mark Henry and Steve Blackman versus Val Venus and D'Lo Brown. So the European title division, basically. Basically. However, it ended up being a handicap match because Mark Henry didn't show up to be Blackman's tag partner and he lost quite easily. Why was he not there? He was, as revealed by GTV, revealed backstage to be enjoying a bunch of women, uh, strippers, dancing, sexy dance. It was just women. Dorty. Yes. It looked like, he looked like the big, dog and there was just a room with, filled with sets of keys. He looked like Roman Reigns. Yes, he loves keys, that lad. <laughs> and so Blackman 
is wrestling him tonight. He wants revenge for being stood up for some sexy women. Apparently, they're exclusive. Oh, come on, man. You know what? We talk, <laughs> Don't be like that. We talk about how how you get title shots in 1999. <laughs> that happened on Raw. We yeah. got a match out of it. We emphasized someone's gimmick. And now on SmackDown, there's the fallout from it. Blackman wants his revenge. That makes complete sense. You know what? There is storyline logic. Yeah. Running all the way through this. So we, don't need a, we don't need a 10-second promo like NXT UK going, like Mark Henry's just sat there. Like, doo, 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 doo. Hey, Henry, you suck. Oh, yeah? How about you suck in the ring? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, yeah, you, you mess with me that, that, that match. So let's You let's, cost me a very important it. tag team match, so therefore I want to shot you. Do you know how important, you know important the tag team of Venus D'Lo Brown, a.k.a. their tag team name? SummerSlam 98. <laughs> I love SummerSlam 98. I would have loved it if I beat them, Henry. <laughs> anyway. And oh, 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 what's the notification we're getting? Oh, who's that referee? Oh. Oh, is it Tony Gurria? Da, da, da. Tony Gurria. Tony Gurria. Tony Gurria. Tony Gurria. <laughs> yes, it is. And I praise Russo for showing restraint and not having Jimmy Valiant or Rick Martel <laughs> running in. So Michael Cole can read his freaking biography and go, oh, that's... Uh, so, Mark is really into this sexual chocolates, which gives us a chance to bring up, again, another one of my favorite things that happened in 99. Mark Henry was friends with D'Lo Brown oh. until SummerSlam 99. As part of being his friend, D'Lo Brown was trying to motivate him to get healthy, to lose weight, so he'd make him work out and that, snack and one try the, and leave women one, alone. One of the funniest lines that came from that exercise thing was when he was talking, we made him some dinner. <laughs> and yeah. me and my brothers, we laughed our heads off at this. He made him some dinner the one day, he went, look, that's high in protein, this is good. And there was like a little, there was a vase next to him. Mark Henry just, I don't know why it made us laugh so much. He went, man, I may as well eat this flour. Like, I don't know why that line <laughs> stays, but it just <laughs> killed me and my brothers every time we watched it. Mark Henry going, man, I may as well this flower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was great. But then I learned about blood pressure during that as well. I learned about what good and bad blood pressure is, thanks to Mark Henry, who had terrible oh. blood pressure. It's true. Because no, that, that was the whole oh. thing where the, they said, oh, you're, you're 185 over 105 or whatever. And they're like, that's terrible blood pressure. Oh, is that what it means? Okay, noted for oh. in the 30s. <laughs> it's great that we learn stuff via I, sexual chocolate. Yes, I certainly did. And we also learned the power of friendship isn't as powerful as the urge for burgers. It's very true, mate. As Henry turned on D'Lo, causing him to lose his European and IC titles to Jeff Jarrett. And Jeff Jarrett was so thankful he would give Henry the European title, which I guess is a backhanded insult to some. But he said it was for thanks. It could also partly be Jeff Jarrett didn't have room in his overhead storage for the IC title and several dozen balsa wood guitars. But still, Mark Henry's European champion because he was sick. <laughs> he just wanted to rest and chill. The, the, the sad thing is, is that they, they missed out on such a great line for commentary, which they never took up. The whole thing of D uh, him saying, Dealer Brown, trying to help Mark Henry lose weight. And he lied with Jeff Jarrett. He put 10 pounds on, meaning the belt. Oh, that's good. Never that. use that, that line. That is a good line. All right, put ten pound on in the belt. I think Michael Cole will try to do the line. He's like, hit it, and I'm like, ha ha, ha. <laughs> idiot. It's boss time. Yeah, and it's also funny though. Like they were half trying to. Oh, okay, the rumor is, rumor innuendo, that they were trying to embarrass Mark Henry at several points during his career. Sexual, sexual chocolate being a strong part of it. Not the winning titles and looking cool type of thing, but the fact that he would later admit to 
having a what's it called sex, sex addiction. Yeah, yeah. I think sex. David Duchovny had, and would have to you know get with a transvestite and admit that he did his sister and all this when his mum was in the audience and all the stuff that would say, oh it happened, it happened, Tom. We're you're, we're gonna come to that. Yeah. So there's all this stuff saying like were they trying to humiliate him and to get all that huge contract that gave him regretted. And you look at how TV works. It could have just been like I've got it. This is going to be a good idea for this segment. Yeah, it could just be just people thinking this is a great way to get Mark Henry over. Yeah, and also Henry went, nah, I'm all right. <laughs> I, I, I've seen the money that I'm getting. It's all, Yeah, cool, I did my sister. Whatever, pay me. And I love Mark Henry so much for that. Then he yeah. just went, yeah, sure, I'll do that. Oh, but we're going to say that you slept with your sister. That's fine, no worries. I'll be the highest That's paid fine. member of incest there is. <laughs> that was the Pillman line, wasn't That's it? A, yes. Yeah, put me that, yo, that rookie Pillman is on the other show right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Henry would have wanted to quit, not because of the you're sex addicted, whatever thing, but the fact that they were presenting as like, oh, you're fat and eat a lot because he's a strong man. You yeah. know, it's like, it's like, haha, wrestlers look like Steve Blackman. And because we have the cult like lawyers on line four, I'll just say he looks like he's been drinking lots of soup. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Henry has this body that hasn't got lots of lines on it. So like, haha, Fatty McFat. He's like, yeah. I can lift a car over my head. Fatty. It's true. He doesn't look a certain way. So yeah. therefore there is. So he's waiting to just go, what, what are you on about? Uh, <laughs> anyway, all that talk brings up a solid one minute of action. <laughs> This was, this was nothing. Before Val Venus still saw from... What happened? Oh, yeah, Steve Blackman attacked him for no reason about <laughs> two weeks ago. Hits him low with a kendo stick. He pauses, so you think that's going to be it because Venus is all about the dick. Then hits him in the back of the head <laughs> with a kendo stick, which I'm sure Blackman really appreciated <laughs> um, for the easy win, as Henry's theme song would say. Then D'Lo runs in batter up his fat friend and delivers the sky high with the greatest oh, of these. Oh my god, that was one hell of a sky high. Right. I love, I love that move. At this point in time, D'Lo Brown is one of the hottest stars in the company. Absolutely. Genuinely, he is. Like, he gets some of the biggest reactions. He's over like Rover. He's, he's got a good match in him. Yeah. You know, when he's with the right people. Like, seriously, like, why you wouldn't have... Like, it seems weird to say it now, and there's stuff coming down the road that will tell you sort of why it never happened that way. But he could have really been, like, a main event prospect. Mm. Really could have, at this point. Like, there was there was better wrestlers than him, but they were worse. And and we're in an era where it doesn't really matter if you're not a great wrestler. If you're, if you're an over-talent yeah. and you've got a lot to offer... Do you know what? I would have, you know, and, I, and again, things are coming down the road that will suggest why this didn't happen, but I'm trying to watch this as if my head is in right. this time. Like, I'd have I'd have had him at least have a match with Triple H hmm. for the WF title, because Triple H has come to that point as a champion where he's just kind of taking random challenges from all sides. I would have put him in there with Triple H. They yeah. could have had a match. They had, they had one match together in 2002, and there was like a blindfold match on oh, Raw. Oh, they did, didn't they? Yeah. Long after the fact, but I think at this yeah. point, put him in there with Triple H, but the WF title on the line, that would have been hot. And have D'Lo win, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, former Eurocontinental D'Lo, I mean, 
obviously we'll get into reason why but yeah it's it's one of those great what ifs yeah he really is he yeah. really is a great what if in wrestling big talent and a nice guy in real life mm. it was to me that's all that matters that's all that matters yeah. backstage oh sorry next segment Jeff Jarrett yells at Cindy's breasts as she is being put into an ambulance he said that attack was via my internet uh, why don't you download that stop talking about the internet yeah. Cindy's you there don't know. Cindy's there be putting the ambulance going no no, no Mr. Jarrett that's not how it no no, no. watch Shasta McNasty <laughs> until Test overhears Jarrett gets annoyed and fights him to the break <laughs> after the break Jarrett then talks to Terry Taylor Terry Taylor's what a the hell are you yeah R- Rooster himself uh, Jarrett tells Terry Taylor doesn't matter dumb blondes like her or a dime a dozen in this place and speaking of dumb blondes <laughs> Test, I'll wrestle you tonight. <laughs> God, I love Jarrett during Good this line. period. Good line from that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Jarrett versus Test later on. A main event at any TNA house show up and down the country. Oh, God. Very excited to see Test versus the Punisher, Jeff. Andrew Martin. Oh. Who was he punishing? The audience. I'm surprised he never called himself ATM. Like Andrew Test Martin, ATM. Oh. Because I'm money. Because money doesn't come out of him, as has been proven. <laughs> he could have gone, I'm ATM because I'm money. AT- that, that, there you go. Sorry, no. Test. I know you're not with us anymore, but there's a gimmick. Because then I would write ATM in this little book I'm reading from, and I would go, who the hell is that? <laughs> You'd have called him the AT&T <laughs> arena by this point. <laughs> and at, at, what, what's that doing here? <laughs> Ta- Tam, <laughs> Ta- Tim, Tam, an Irish person Tim just walked Tams. in. Tim Tam just walked in. Australian version of penguins. The dumb blonde himself, Tim Tam. <laughs> Next segment. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Jericho fired the Fink last week, so we get the returning Curtis Hughes. Yay! They're both dressed in Baco foil as well. Right. It's a strong look. So, Curtis Hughes looked cool. His heyday was probably the period of WCW was in, 91, 92 or so. Had a cup of coffee 
in 93. Uh, before King of the Ring 93 that's right he had one cool TV segment you probably watched it all saw the clips mm-hmm. of it so it's fresh in your mind when Giant Gonzalez and Hughes teamed up to beat the hell out of Bearer and Undertaker yes he did it's indeed. very edited as you can tell but it does look cool as hell and it was so good that he got fired not long after losing a match via countdown the rumour and I've never seen him such yet, and I've seen his shoot interview which I'll get to in a minute was that Curtis Hughes was spotted leaving or was told someone whatever a S&M club and WF being aimed at kids at this point didn't want that to come out while he was still employed so they got rid of him oh really that was the rumour so I have no idea if that's true or not because he also it needs to be said maybe that must be true he is one of the most delusional wrestlers you'll have ever heard uh, saying in this shooting interview that he was promised the WCW world title in 91 after Ric Flair left because Paul E. dangerously told him so. Wow. And he also initially refused to lose to Taz in ECW because and there's a, it's a line that they would say frequently in shooting interviews in ECW. I can't lose to Taz. I beat Lex Luger. <laughs> <laughs> is that how it works then? Like the scale is like, how have you beaten Lex Luger? Yes, no. Right. If, if yes, don't lose to Taz. Right. Well, I mean, Heyman Rell said, you didn't beat anybody, it's fake. <laughs> so he was never good, but nowadays people know him because of the gift that does the rounds every few days on Twitter, which is Mr. Perfect wrestled him in his only pay-per-view match for WWF, 93 King of the Ring, and he threw the towel at him as he tended to do it just, it just drapes on him and Hughes is like they're like an Easter Island statue not moving <laughs> so it's a very good look what I would say here though is Curtis Hughes is in the best shape of his career at this point he in is, 1999 he has lost so much weight he appears to have lost height at the same time. Yeah, he looks he looks like in every sense smaller. Right. But I think it suits him. Like I don't like to, like he cuts still cuts an imposing figure here. Before we get into the, the quality of wrestling, he still cuts an imposing figure, I do believe. Yeah, and he it's a mistake to have him come out and obviously they need to change his attire because all this old shirts probably didn't fit him at this point, but yeah. To have him wear the Jericho-style waistcoat, he, he looks like he's dressed in the cheapest birthday present packaging you could mm. find. I have bought the thing he is wearing yeah. to put around boxes. Uh, however, that's a lot of talking for somebody that lasts about a month. Yeah. Very curious as to see what he was doing now, because him being an S&M dude in 99, probably get him a push. Yeah. Look at it. The sadomasochistic himself, Mr. Hughes. So maybe he said, you need to lose. And he went, but, sorry, what? <laughs> Do you know who I've beaten? <laughs> I've beaten Lex Luger, mate. And I refuse to lose to Taz. And I, I was promised the WCB <laughs> title. Apparently Can you pro- imagine that? would be a great, very good match. We regret to inform you, Ric Flair has left for WWF. But don't worry. <laughs> Jericho and Raw introduces the world to the Y2 Jail, which is a steel cage, and wrestles Gotch Gracie. There's a shot to Shamrock. Shamrock, of course, snaps uh, and does a run-in. Only forgot Tracy to unmask reveal himself to be good old Husey. I got excited thinking that the Y2 Jail would be like a new feature match for Chris Jericho. Yeah. I seem to remember fantasy booking a few people in a Y2 Jail match, thinking this was going to be Jericho's new gimmick match. Uh, I mean, it fits the Shamrock feud, sure, because it's, ah, you remember the Octagon, remember that cage? Yeah. Ah, well, this is the Y2 Jail. You know, Shamrock snaps and gets beat up, but at this point, a strong wind would, of course, kind of snap. 
Jericho on the mic says Ken quit in the back and also kissed his boots. <laughs> so that they just need to wrestle him again tonight. So Curtis Hughes will wrestle him instead. But Jericho although perfectly weirdly, entertaining this. Although weirdly, they already announced Curtis Hughes versus Ken Shamrock at the start of the show. Which is which which was oh. a bit of a, a bit of a, a, a Oh right, yeah, they did, the didn't they, Tom? Yes, they did. Ooh. I think that's one of those well this is edited in post and I think they forgot because yeah, yeah, it's very fast moving the show. It's a, it, you know what? It's forgivable. It's forgivable. Somebody blinked and they missed out there was a match. <laughs> anyway, Joe okay. So, Curtis Hughes versus Ken Shamrock. Boy, no wonder Ken Shamrock left a week afterwards. Uh. We have forgotten the who's that referee. I was just about to get to it. Hey. Who is Tom? This is me doing my Jay Hunter impression. Tom, who <laughs> is that referee? Well, Jay, uh, the referee is the greatest referee in the history of Mexican wrestling. The one and only El Dopo. El Dopo? El Dopo! Oh, and Jericho says he's wearing a mask so he's not he's not mobbed by all of his fans. <laughs> Michael Cole says he looks El Gordo to me. <laughs> oh! Which you all know watching Scarface means the pig. And Lola says, hey, don't insult the, the El Dopo family. <laughs> I love how Lola just immediately plays along. Yeah. Yeah, hey, yeah. From the El Dopo family, there's El Heel del Depo, Uncle Depo. But I like how Chris Jericho used the overarching storyline of the referees being on strike to once again stick it to Ken Shamrock. Right. I enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah, it's beautifully done. Jericho is on commentary whilst there's a guest referee fighting his manager. We need all these distractions when there's a Curtis Hughes singles match happening <laughs> in the, the, the year of our Lord, 1999. The crowd quickly realise and you can hear him shouting boring, even a match that goes maybe about two minutes in a segment that goes two minutes. I mind the match. Uh, Ken tries to attack Jericho because I think he looked at him the wrong way which enables Hughes to get some advantage for about 10 seconds. Then he applies the ankle lock. He does it in a really cool way. He does the sunset flip, segues it into... It's like a grapevine ankle lock, isn't it? Yeah, that's it? right, oh. the grapevine ankle lock. Hughes gets the ropes. El Dopo says, got to release the hold. He doesn't, so he DQs Ken Shamrock. Yeah, rightly so. A correct call by El Dopo yep. to, to disqualify Ken Shamrock. <laughs> so everyone, yeah, everyone runs off, and El Dopo is revealed as... El Finco, who <laughs> gets attacked yet again. Yeah, this 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 period is perfect for Jericho being just a little shyster, running around doing silly things. And Shamrock is perfect as a guy just getting rubbed the wrong way every week. You love to see it. I really hope you're going to go. The mask is taken off to reveal Rebecca Vardy. <laughs> Damn it. The mask is taken off to reveal a smaller mask. <laughs> Mankind is interviewed backstage. He does lots of rockisms to Lillian and tells tells her, well, between you and me, me and Rock are going to be working together tonight. <laughs> was then looking at the camera, um, and we are a car. Rock's the front, and I am the rear end. Says it'd be great if Triple H chose The Rock to wrestle tonight, because then mankind could stand at ringside and steal more material. <laughs> it goes, hey kids, know your role. I, I, I've said this every week now, but it is true. Mankind. So funny, and but on a completely different level to the rest of the we show. We don't that deserve it's, him. No pops whatsoever for any yeah. of the stuff there, and it's hilarious. We 100% don't deserve him at this right. point. Which is which is he's he's so like, funny. He's, he's like he's Slayer so at Woodstock. Yeah, or something. It's lost just, on majority of the audience. Right. The, the rest of the audience is like, dude, that guy's an idiot. Like, yeah, that, that's, that's the point. That's it. Yeah, everyone's too cool for school. 
and mankind jumps off the school roofs. <laughs> Lugs presents <laughs> people using kicks. <laughs> Zoom in on Billy Gunn drop kicking the steps into Kane. Also, sponsored by Lugs, referees getting beat up. Not a good look considering they have the same attire as Foot Locker staff. <laughs> Maybe that's the point. Maybe that was it. Mm. Lugs, get your lugs today. Bugger lugs. <laughs> don't don't bugger lugs. I think that's a crime in, in the state of Nevada. I forgot all about where there are where there are legal holes. <laughs> the rock promo. Oh, now the crowd's alive. This the, is like a full fat rock attitude era promo. This yep. is. It's all about. Oh god, it's nonsense. Yep. Beautiful nonsense. The rock. Beautiful nonsense. That's a it nice way of nonsense. summarizing this period. Actually. Yeah. yeah. He talks about the people's slot machine, which is apparently a real thing, according to Michael Cole, with a giant bull uh, thing. Well, well, you know, front, it, yeah, you know what a slot machine looks like? A bull on the front of the people's slot machine. Yeah. Well, The Rock himself is rather like a slot machine at this point. You, you tune in, you pull the thing, and he'll do one of his many expressions. Know your role, cha-ching. Millions, cha-ching. Up ass, cha-ching. <laughs> he runs down his opponents, rather like the famous promo we'll get for Armageddon 2000. Undertaker with your Mickey Mouse tattoos and your 33-pound head. <laughs> that got a pop out of me because Undertaker did have like a, a Nick Jackson-style forehead at this point. Big like, head at this point. Big old head. Mojo Jojo-sized head. <laughs> Kane doing cartwheels while I was going, I won. Uh. <laughs> I was popped for people doing the impressions of the uh, voice thing. Big, slow, scaring everyone and doing the choke slam noise. That would haunt Big Show for years. Yeah. You know? And it has been said many times that, like, me and people, other people, complain when, like, John Cena or someone comes out and goes, hoo-hoo-hoo, poopy, 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 stupid, stupid, and the opponent has to stand there like an idiot. And people go, The Rock did this to a lot of people yeah. back in the day, Billy Gunn including, including, included, The Rock. Past tense, prior tense, all tenses, Billy Gunn was ruined. I think that the thing that, that sort of salvaged the whole thing with The Rock in comparison to John Cena is that John Cena always, kind of, you kind of got the vibe that John Cena always just defeated these guys on the mic and then in the ring. Mm. Like, whereas The Rock was always incredibly giving when in the ring like like yeah okay he, he completely buried Billy Gunn on the mic but when they had a match uh, they had that match at SummerSlam like The Rock couldn't have done more for Billy Gunn in the ring if he tried like he dragged Billy Gunn to a, a good match and gave him loads like this, The Rock didn't didn't The Rock lose to Val Venus or have I made that up in my head The Rock no Venus beat Mankind on ah, that's what I'm thinking of but The Rock is The Rock is very given in the ring yeah so like for all the, the smack that he talks I seem to remember you can give it and take it, is what you're saying. I seem to remember him getting a pasting from La Resistance in 2003. Jesus, I I'm remember sure that. he did. I'm sure he got laid out by La Resistance. Well, I can't wait to see that in <laughs> 10 years' time, right here in the Colorholic podcast. I'll be dead. <laughs> God. <laughs> we'll say hello to La Resistance to me then. I certainly will. But I think also the thing is, yeah, he's saying this, and like I lost my thought, they come out and beat him up. That's you know SmackDown's pretty pretty crazy. Night Nine's pretty crazy. Like oh yeah, well I'll, I'll you know I'm gonna run down and beat you up. Mm. Whereas nowadays these people come out and go, all right Cena, your time to insult me. <laughs> Poopy. Ooh, I'm just gonna stand here and uh, pull my funny faces. You know? <laughs> yeah, that sounds about yeah. right. So speaking of which, all the people just insulted show up and boy are they glad to see Rock in the five-man Royal Rumbles match. It's Big Show to start off with. 
nothing happens. Uh, mankind comes out. Nothing really happens. Then get... One of the benefits of the show is we spend so long talking about the backstage drama, the wrestlers, the people who were dead, that the action's really easy to call because bugger all happens. Also helps with the fact, as you said earlier, everyone's hurting. Yeah, oh, yeah. This whole The whole main event is just knackered. Yeah. Um, no more so than The Undertaker, who comes out after Kane. Right. And with oh, yeah, go on. quite the look. So everyone's out. Undertaker's music hits. Out comes The Undertaker, dressed as American badass Undertaker, yeah. which at the time was like, what? Like sunglasses, like... Uh, uh, bandana. Bandana, jeans, T-shirt. Just casually... What? Now, he's in this match. This is the thing that makes me chuckle. Undertaker is legally in this match. Yeah. Walks around, sits on commentary. At no point do the commentators say, mate, you're in this match. They never call him towards it. He just... He sits there. And you know what? As well as being broken, his voice sounds knackered as well. Like, he really sounds under the yeah. weather. Because he's, he's giving all the... Oh, the Lord of Darkness. Oh, Big Show's doing the work for me. Rock better watch his talk. All this. Latin, Latin. Yeah, it's be Latin star. And all this. But like he just No, no, that's not that's not Latin's despacito. <laughs> so he but he sits ringside, but I just I enjoyed the nod to American Badass Undertaker about nine months before we'd actually get it. Yeah, and one of the last times we'd see Undertaker, so clearly he thought Yeah That's a that's a good look. Like I'm now so knackered I can't even get changed. <laughs> he refuses to engage and commentates. Com Wonderful time in here. Compliments Kane, looking stronger. Now he's got rid of his skinny friend, X-Pac. Seconds later, Kane is eliminated. <laughs> yeah, literally every time Big Show faces on yeah. a compliment, they get they get yeah. taken out. Mankind goes so we can stay at ringside to write more material. Some booze when um, Rock eliminates Mankind. Yeah. Hates everyone for himself yeah. in the WWF. Leaving Big Show alone with Rock. Big Show is not very good. He's not injured. He's just not very good. And Undertaker goes, oh, if you have, want something done, do it yourself. Hops in, tips them both over, which is the only thing you probably do right now, that knackered body of his. Rather like uh, Flair eliminating Sid and Hogan at Rumble 92. And a winner is Undertaker. That's and it. then, something I was going to talk about, Big Show, quite upset the fact that it, the person who was in the match with him legally eliminated him to win. Midian and Viscera show up to intimidate Big Show. And Malcolm Cole does say, ah, they used to be in the mute union. Yeah, the ministry. The ministry. Ministry of Darkness. That's right. Was he in the the uh, Michael Cole corporate said, ministry? No, it was just the ministry, right? Michael Cole it, yeah. says they, they're the Undertaker's former Ministry of Darkness yeah. teammates. Then The Rock thinks now's a really good time to attack everybody because he's an <laughs> idiot and they'll beat him up because it's four on one but this is the point this is the exact segment where somebody thought oh that must mean they're part of the unholy alliance yeah. and added that to wikipedia page which is still in existence to this day it is not true they just happened to show up to say hey how you doing mate they showed up to take bumps and do some action on behalf of the undertaker who couldn't do anything at this point so literally like they, if undertaker could be physically involved yeah. he, they wouldn't have he wouldn't have 
ushered them out. Yeah. Like, they're there to take the licks for The Undertaker for the next couple of weeks. This is why more people enjoyed this period, because you were too busy making notes on who was aligned with who to write a review. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's so true. I'm enjoying it, though. I, mean, I do, for some reason, I get a real kick out of these um, factions going at it and who's joining who and who's affiliated and who doesn't like. I don't know why. I get a real kick out of it. Because you yeah. have to be paying attention. It's actually asking you to remember and engage rather like today's, which is, can you forget last two? We change our minds. Yeah. But ignore that. No. No, no, Cesaro, it's never winning the world title. No, we're sorry we gave you hope, but no. What do you mean a Paul Heyman guy? No, no, go away. <laughs> like, we can't tell you what he's doing nowadays, but we know oh, what happened with that, but we know <laughs> that Midian of Isra is not in the Unholy Alliance. It's true. It's, it, I, I find that funny how, like, all, like, a lot of inbuilt wrestling knowledge sort of peters out around 2005 and then sort of kicks in again around 2018. Yeah. Because there's this whole thing in the middle where there's so much that, like, I could, yeah, it's the same way as you say. I could tell you most things that happened during 99, but... Who won Money in the Bank 2007? <laughs> even now you're trying to think. Was there even a Money in the Bank in 2007? Yeah, it was WrestleMania 23, so it was... Swagger? Oh, Anderson. There you go. Kennedy, sorry. Ken, Mr. Kennedy. Yeah. See, this is it. It's that whole gap in the middle of our... That's a trick one, because he won it and then didn't win it. Anyway, anyway, we, well, we digress. We'll come up to that in you know, 25 years' time. <laughs> when we're all dead. I'll be dead. The Hollies won China. He heavy. He's my brother. Hey. The Hollies won China in a tag match. You know what? Tonight, uh, China comes out, but she wants them in a handicap match. And China's... You know, China's obviously hit the gimmick was she was a big muscle woman in an era where that hadn't been done before. It was quite attention. It is quite noticeable that she's slowly prettying up week by week. Yeah, you can. Yeah, there is certainly a a little bit more makeup on, a little bit more yeah. eyeliner on, a little bit. Yeah, there's certainly a change in her appearance as time's going on. Yeah, to become a bit more feminine compared to where she, when she started. Right, exactly. We saw all the people look at this huge yeah. woman, and now she just looks like you know a, an athletic woman. Don't get me wrong, but, you know, she, her tag partner could have been her first chin. <laughs> yeah, she you was know. quite, uh, she, had, she had quite the jaw on her, Oof. like Sergeant Slaughter-esque jaw. Oh, line. absolutely. Enoki would have gone, whoa, whoa look at that chin. <laughs> that is Enoki, isn't it? Anyway, so it's a handicap match. Uh, she gets beat up for a, no, she doesn't. What am I talking about? She gets a double low blow right in front of, who's that referee, Tom? Oh, I didn't write this one down. That's right. Dave Hebner. Oh, it was Dave Hebner, wasn't it? Earl Hebner's clone. <laughs> was it definitely Dave Hebner? Or was it Earl Hebner? Oh, that would have been... I didn't even pay close of attention, but it was actually Earl. Because I looked for ages and I was like... <laughs> Okay, that's fine. No, Earl is outside with a stick <laughs> on a pre-taped show. It can't possibly Earl be Dave. The greatest fixing, right? He's both on strike and collecting a salary. <laughs> Does that mean somewhere it's like Dave Hebner also also played the role of Dave Hebner? <laughs> and Dave's there like what? Bella Twin Magic with the Hebners. <laughs> God, it's like that story. One of my favorite stories. Uh, that's someone I heard in a podcast. You know about the comedian Gallagher? Yes, the guy who smashed up uh, fruit with a big hammer. That, that's right, he did other stuff, but that was the thing he's known for. Mm. He became quite popular and realised, oh, no, he's haven't actually turned down some gigs because he's at this level. So he got his brother 
and basically taught him his entire act and how to do it and had him as Gallagher 2 so Gallagher 1 would do Madison Square Garden also known as the Mean Street Posse and uh, Boston Gardens or whatever <laughs> and this guy would do like colleges and unions or whatever like that I was like alright it was Gallagher quite obvious on the poster Gallagher 2 Gallagher 2 you know it looked a bit like him I guess and what happened was Gallagher 2 then started rigging up the places that Gallagher 1 was running and go how much is he doing it for cool I'll do it for a grand less oh what and so Gallagher 1 took Gallagher 2 to court for this jeez and not only did he lose to Gallagher 2 there's actually nothing wrong with what he was doing. But his family sided with Gallagher 2. Oh, my God. Why were they siding with Gallagher 1? Poor guy. Because he went, no, 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 you know your place. You're the Dave Hebner of the family. Now, I want to be Earl because you're not Earl. You're Dave. My name is Earl. That's funny, that is. Yeah, I think that's just an amazing story. At least we made it into a film. And some more interest in the action here. Mr. Ass runs in, becomes the tag partner. Due to the issues, still... Sta- this is three weeks ago. Still, uh, China took... Didn't really take the number one contendership dicey title from Mr. Ass because Mr. Ass did not have a pen on him. <laughs> Therefore, oh, it's China's fault. I hate that old chestnut. Oh, if I just oh, had a just if I just had a pen, I, I would be WCW pen. World Heavyweight Champion in '91. Shut up, Hughes. If I only had a pen. He blind tags in, murders the Hollies, finishes the fame master. Supposed to sound like a gun, and China and Ass win. China and Ass immediately argue because China didn't want no damn help from no Ass man or no Ass woman. So Jeff Jarrett takes opportunity to knock her out with a frying pan, put on an apron, put a <laughs> soup ladle in one hand. And get in the mic and go, you're ready for the kitchen. Now go fix my supper. And this Christ. is where Michael Cole cries that Jeff Jarrett has gone too far. Like, he's put the figure four on old women. He smashed a guitar over Moolah's head. He attacked a celebrity earlier in the night. But putting an apron on China, oh, you've pushed your luck down, yeah. Jarrett. He took down CindyMargolis.com. <laughs> Monster! What a monster! Go to my homepage and fix my supper. <laughs> oh, Christ. God. <laughs> what a monster. Go clean my emails. <laughs> With your internet. internet. I'm going to go cut down your internet. Your internet is not as fast and strong as the male internet. I'm going to go chop down the phone lines and cut off your internet. <laughs> Memphis things. Don't, download me a pie and fixings. <laughs> download me a pie. <laughs> Love me a pie, China. You know, we'll say this. This isn't far off what dialogue's going to sound like for the next few years. Pretty much, isn't it? Oh, good. I'm glad we're going to have to go serious now for the next segment. <laughs> Are you ready, lads? Okay. Pepper on a pole. And it's in a doggy bag. I'll snow. I'll How do you know it's a doggy bag? Because it's got the word doggy bag written on it. That is exactly how you know it's a doggy bag. (laughs) Boss man, peak dickhead (laughs) in this particular segment where he's backstage with the remains of Pepper in a doggy bag that he's going to put on a pole. This has Russo written all over it. No, it has doggy bag written all over it. And doggy bag written all over it. Before we go to the hurry, who is the referee? Oh, it is is a future WWF Hall of Famer, Sergeant Slaughter. Which gives us the line of the night from Lawler going, wow, look at the size of him he's been eating a few poodle sandwiches <laughs> he is he is and his chubbiest at this point is the sarge <laughs> he is a beefy boy at this oh, point oh and again michael cole war correspondent is having to deadpan the rules of this like I, I, uh, ladies and gentlemen 
we regret to inform you that, that President Kennedy has been shot and killed. <laughs> They're dead. They're all dead. The winner of the match is the man who gets the dead dog refried remains first <laughs> and reaches the floor. Like that, he just says it like, you know, Bin Laden is dead and pepper is delicious. Do they not then follow this up by explaining the rules of the previously announced Kennel from Hell match for WWF Unforgiven? Not so much the rules, uh, but what it is. Uh, you might as well say it now, because the only match highlight is Al Snow attempting to flip around the pole, like Jackie Chan, or those women that Mark Henry was talking to earlier. We don't know what they do. We don't know. We have absolutely no idea what they do. However, the pole bends and ends up being more like Snow trying not to fall to his death. <laughs> An agile. <laughs> so, what is going to be the kennel from hell? Okay, Tom so before Grumble. this match started, <clears throat> this is actually this was something that was announced on Raw on Monday night. Uh, we're getting the big blow off to the boss man Al Snow feud, where they will. And I was excited as a kid. I was excited just hearing this match being described. Right. So, they put a steel cage around the ring, blue bar steel cage. They put the hell in a cell over that. And the bit between the cell and the ring is surrounded by wild dogs. The object is to get out of the kennel from hell. And oh, genuinely, when Al Snow described this match to me, I was giddy because A, oh my God, Al Snow is in a hell in a cell match, technically. And B, this actually sounds like a decent match, like a cage and a hell in a cell at the same time how could that fail uh, right. so excited I I'm with you and I'm so excited by this and there's two ways of looking at a cage match with the hell in the cell on top and dogs in the middle it's either this sounds like one of those good morning burgers you see on TV where it's like we take two pieces of chicken we deep fry them we put it in a beef burger we deep fry that and then we put sauce on top we call it Hey Hey USA. <laughs> well, the other way of looking at it is, do you ever watch Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? Yes. So there'd be the Megazord. The Megazord. And it'd be like, I'm the Megazord, nothing could stop me, and then something would stop it. And you then you'd, so you so you plug it into the Dragon Zord. That's right. The Dragon Zord would add on it and become the Mega Dragon Zord. And on top of that was the big green thing. No, 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 the, the Dragon Sword was the big green thing. Titanus. No, 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 that's, that's what big, I mean. Titanus, yeah. yeah. Titanus was like the, the big Diplodocus type. That's right. Megazord. Diplodocus. The, they, they, Diplodocus. Sorry. The, the Rhinosaurus. That they clipped into. I can remember the names of the, the actual thing, but I'm correcting them on the pronunciation <laughs> <laughs> to show I'm smart. And so that became like the ultra killing machine. If they couldn't yeah. beat the bad guy with the Megazord, they'd get the Dragon Sword out. If they couldn't beat him then, they'd clip the Megazord and the dragons all together right. if they still couldn't beat them they call out Titanus who normally would just shoot some lasers from a very far distance away Yes. and then if that didn't do it then the Megazord the Dragonzord plugged into Titanus you just have this beefy monster of beefiness that would eventually put away the Ulmer bad yeah. guy and if you couldn't get it done then it would be a 2B continued yeah. and if they couldn't do that they'd call Steve Blackman <laughs> so yes I'm glad that you know it. yeah there we go find, find the picture look at that that's just, just a the hot mess isn't it <laughs> yeah, it's my, exactly what it ends up being. My younger brother was a big fan of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. We did have that setup in our house, and it was did just, you? It, whoa, hell yeah. yeah! It was just a hot mess of things that clipped together. Uh, we're looking at a picture of Titanus, the Dragonzord, and the Megazord all clipped together to create the super hyper mega Dragonzord. 
Oh, the, the tight of Mega Dragon Zord. I love it. It's amazing. So that was basically anyway, what sorry, the Hell in a Cell was. Enough for the rest of that's, what the hell, yeah. that's, that's what the kennel from Hell was. My it was God. a bit of everything. If the cage can't kill the monster, then the Hell in a Cell won't. And if that won't, the Rotties will. The whole idea, though, when you really think about it and really break it down, is that this, the, the presence of the steel cage does make the Hell in a Cell just completely redundant. Because you can't really yeah. utilize it in any way, unless you're quite nimble. And and I love Al Snow and the Boss Man, but nimble aren't words I'd use to describe them. Right. And see, the the pole based debacle in this match that Matthew just described. Yeah, right. We've had such a hot pole match. We're going to extend this. Like, <laughs> I think it's, it's safe to say the dog aspect of this feud has somewhat got taken over. Yeah. You know, it, it's supposed to be a, a means to an end, but someone just focused on and going, oh man, this did really good ratings. I think it must have been um, what was it? the dogs. <laughs> Pepper was the star of this feud, and we've killed him. Crap. Tastes All right. Well, let's bring some more dogs. Really sad. Fact was, it was. I remember. I remember. I remember thinking, "Why is Bulldog back last week?" And we kind of reflected on that. And then I remember watching this first time round, and then seeing Bulldog coming out with the Rottweilers. And that was only then when I went, "Ah, Bulldog." That's why he's in this feud. Yeah, because you've never thought of... Because he's got the name Dog. Wait, 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 you've never thought of Bulldog never as... He's a dog. <laughs> it's like, yeah, they're like, what, what, what part of you do you want to hire? Oh, well, there's there's uh, the fact I'm a dog. Oh, great. That actually ties in this Pepper feud. Perfect. So, the Bulldog with sweaty, sweaty hoodie and all comes out with some wild Rottweilers with handlers. And they chase Bulldog. Bulldog... Uh, what have I done there? Oh, sorry. Lola does bulldog impression. Because the, the trained Rottweilers are there, he, he pulls out of nowhere and just goes, look, I, I taught them. Stay. Look <laughs> <laughs> there, Lola busts out of Ancunian accent. <laughs> and uh, Snow has been reunited with <laughs> Pepper Cole says, like, it's like reunited. <laughs> And it feels so good. As he hands <laughs> dead dogs, refried remains. The fact that Bulldog made the effort to say that we're refried dog remains. <laughs> Luckily, Bulldog's here because he saw a bag with some powder in it and thought, get in. Sweet. <laughs> oh, no. He hasn't seen the word doggy bag on there. He just saw a bag with some powder in If you did listen to last week's episode, first of all, thank you for putting up with this. Second of all, there were a lot of edits made for that, probably for the first reasons, because we got a bit carried away. Um, we did do some investigations as to why Bulldog is actually here despite being not even a shadow of his former self. Yeah, but, yeah. So, so Bulldog's well, back and we can't figure out why. Now you have. Right. I was slightly incorrect in my timeline because I remember quoting Power Slam years ago when they said, oh, uh, it, because of Owen Hart, they brought him back. And I thought Owen Hart was like, oh, could you give him a job? But Owen Hart was clearly dead at this point. Yeah. What was happening in WF right now was the wrongful death lawsuit that, mm -hmm. um, oh, Christ, which heart was it? It wasn't Martha Hart. It was Owen Hart's. Oh, Owen Hart's um, widow. Diana. She signed the wrongful death lawsuit, which I believe ended up being settled. But they uh, came after WWF, uh, for which WWF went, "No, we're going to blame the the clips." So it was the people I mean. that assembled the apparatus that were going right. to lower Owen Hart. Yeah, cause I remember they, there being something about the because oh, uh, so the, the company that made the the gear. Yeah. 
the company that made the, the company that made the gear, uh, there was requirement for this particular night to have a quick release. That, that quick, thank you, thank you. That's because they wanted Owen Hart to kind of get halfway down to the ring, or like three quarters way down to the ring, then do a pratfall for the final couple of feet. Which he had done on something like Heat and things. But the idea is he comes down and he's stuck like yeah. twelve o'clock half masters. Like ah, help, help! Then release himself, and there's a bit bit of a bump. Yeah. So that so that was why there was it, so therefore the gear was designed to quickly release, uh, and hence what led to that night. Yeah, uh, Martha Hart, by the way. Sorry. So, uh, yes, and it was uh, three weeks after Owen Hart's death, Hart launched a brothel death lawsuit against the WWF. She had a clue children. Sell out of court for approximately $18 million. There you go. And you said sell the Owen Hart Foundation. She gave $2 million. She cries the family members. Yeah. However, do we have like, uh-oh, at this point? Yeah. So they're circling the wagons. So they're trying to get as many hearts or heart members that they want to deal with uh, to be on Team WWF. Yeah. So not only did David Boy Smith get another run, ugh, and Jim the Anvil Nineheart got a run in Memphis as being a uh, talent scout of some sort. Uh, I don't know what the hell he was. He was working behind the scenes at Memphis. Yeah, they, they were, he was basically teaching Memphis trainees how to throw TVs out of windows. And, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so it's an ugly, ugly time backstage um, in regards to this, like I said. But uh, if I do remember correctly and do some more investigation into it, I believe it. Do we have paid a very small amount of the eighteen million? End up being from the harness people. So. Yeah. God, laugh a minute this. But <laughs> let's go back to making fun of Bulldog. Yeah, come on. Then. So Bulldog. So Bulldog. The reason that we're talking about Bulldog so much is that just at the final moments of this match, I don't know whether you mentioned it or not. Bulldog brings out a load of Rottweilers. Yes. So uh, and the, and the Rottweilers and, and it kind of gives you a bit of an indication as to the the the, the shonkiness that is to come because the whole idea of like rabid dogs loose around the ring, provided that they are with uh, people that are have them on leads right. and are bringing them out, I, just looks. A bit looks a bit rubbish. It's like if you yeah. can't do it, like I'm not suggesting get a lot of foaming rabid dogs and let them loose around the cage. I if am. you can't give me that, don't give me anything. Yeah, a bunch of dogs will be there. <laughs> yeah. All right, great. Yeah, <laughs> I go to a junk. I go to a junkyard and see them. See them actually <laughs> kill somebody for a lot cheaper than this. So, yeah, I, I think it's one of these things they wrote up and what this will be good because it makes sense. And all of the stuff on the show, as I said, with Henry and Blackman and everything else, makes sense. No one's doing a Jeff Goldblum and stopping to see just because we can do this, should we do it? Yeah. And, yeah, again, the fact that Bulldog is apparently just, like, a dog friend. Friend of the dogs is a bit discerning. <laughs> From an IC champion. Odd decision to make. Yeah. Friend of dogs. It is, it's almost like the the hardcore Japanese promotions in the early 90s that were doing gimmicks like Piranha Tank, Scorpions, and the, the baby alligator that Matsunaga wrestled one time. Mm. But those animals would actually do stuff. You know, the Piranha Tank, I'm not sure how much he bit, but he was, Matsunaga was in that tank for a good 10 seconds, <laughs> and it's a cool visual. There's nothing, unless, yeah, unless the, the rock, the rock he's going to, you know, rip, <laughs> rip a leg off or, yeah. you know. Should have had uh, Bobby Rogers do this. <laughs> he was he was up for it. He lost oh. a finger quite happily. Big Bobby. Oh, Bobby would have been down for losing a finger for this. Oh, you got a spot for me? Great. What do you want me to do? And I could I could do Memphis. I mean, the chimney anvil. I know I could do it. How hard can it be? <laughs> you want me to do what? Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> That's so true. So, next segment. Oh, there's a little segue there. Duke Nukem Zero Hour. 
sponsors this replay. Jeff Jarrett giving the figure four on Cindy. <laughs> That's actually pretty all right, tie-in wise. Kieran Newcomb's character was. Newcomb's a fascinating character because yeah. it it was in the eighties just a normal platform and I'll save the day from the aliens type dude. Then became an homage and parody of like old action films and pretty much steel lines and stuff. But because of the, the attitude of the 90s, those people go, yeah, he's so cool. It's like when he thinks yeah. it becomes, it's almost been a parody. Like uh, the comic book character Lobo was supposed to be a parody of all these grim dark things. And just people go, oh, he's really cool, Lobo. That's it. He's, is uh, it a parody of people? If people be, like it unironically. People you know? forget that it's actually a parody. Right. So, yeah, Je- Junior Gum is perfect, a perfect representation of this time. And what is next? Oh, God, I'm sorry to be talking about Duke Nukem when we have Test versus Jeff Jarrett Before next. that, we missed a segment backstage, which I definitely wanted to give a nod to. Oh, so God, Triple, did it's, we? It's, it's segment number 47. Oh, it's not of, Triple H doing nothing, is it's it? It's Triple H doing nothing, oh. right? It's Triple H doing nothing backstage with China. And all That's not what they call guys. it. Hey! Sorry. More on that when we get to mm. it. Uh, and then Triple H sort of ushers away China and the, and the police, and the camera zooms in on the lorry that is behind Triple H and the police and there peeking around the corner like he's just broken into the country is Stone Cold Steve Austin this gets a massive pop and Steve Austin he just, this is meant to be like Steve Austin coolly stalking Triple H he, he looks he just he looks a bit confused like he looks like he's just like blinking into the new light he's just been let out of the back of a truck he's just and then as the camera comes towards him he kind of hides a little bit more as if like oh I've nearly been spotted it was the least cool Steve Austin I yeah. think may have ever looked it's like tonight on Smackdown Steve Austin doesn't know if he's supposed to be in shot or not <laughs> it was hilarious Steve Austin misses his cue live tonight <laughs> just before a brand new episode of Shasta McNasty <laughs> so for the great state of Tennessee we get 20 hot seconds of action Amen. before and I was actually getting sick at this point of writing all this stuff down because it was getting a bit repetitive um MSP, shut up Tom, runs out, as does Steph, as does Shane, as do the Stooges. This is Test versus Jeff Jarrett, by the way. Who who's that referee? Oh! Was it Tony Guerrero again? No, no one knows. They didn't mention him. Oh. The referee, question mark man, calls for the bell. Crowd chants for puppies to show how much they're into this. Uh blah blah blah. Built board of this. But out of nowhere. <laughs> Out of nowhere. Oh, no. Just you wait, Tom. this, mate. Just you wait, Tom. Oh, sorry. Jeff Jarvis. This is a TNA main event anywhere in the world. But wait. So all this crazy action is going outside. The crowd's like, all right. Even there, they're getting a bit desensitized. For whatever reason, Jeff Jarrett decides to hit... A tornado single arm DDT. Yeah. A single, sorry, a tornado divorce court, if you will, which you don't understand wrestling as must be a bizarre sentence to read. But just how no he decides to hit that. I've never seen that. So that, this is like, so the match has ended at this point. The refs call the But bell. the war is far we've, from over. We've had, we've had tests. So tests in the ring now. Shane McMahon and Steph are in the ring as well. Uh, the posse's in the ring. The Stooges are in the ring. We've just had a schmoz. The schmoz continues outside. And that is in the ring where Jeff Jarrett busts out this tornado armbar. And why? Why is that move happening now? But that's not a move you do in the middle of a brawl. Yeah, look, not during a match would you hit that move, but he just had to hit it, and I thought it was very pretty, so I appreciate the effort. Um, Jeff Jarrett then tries to... Are you ready for this? How hilarious this is in hindsight. Put the figure four on Stephanie McMahon. Oh, my God. Luckily, uh, Mega Shane is there. 
to stop it because and I love the fact that Jeff Jarrett literally cannot walk past women without the urge to put them in the figure four it's a weird time to be Jeff Jarrett he's gone from oh he's a bad guy isn't he to he's, he's actually criminally insane <laughs> to actually a bit of a pervert he should be not be in Nevada yeah <laughs> going down the street he's like <laughs> it's a weird kink that man's got I just can't stop figure fouring women can't stop putting women in a figure four leg lock doc you gotta help me <laughs> well thank god for Super Shane coming to the rescue of his sister yeah She's, he's really been Super Shane tonight like everyone that stood in his way has yeah. gone has gone to the ground and he heard the pop and went you know what 20 years later <laughs> they'll still be popping oh, baby god <laughs> I wish he would pop like an effing balloon <laughs> Test leaves the arena hurt, and which is important to the next segment, even though nothing happened. Triple H finally requests for this match very politely. So this is a match that so Triple H has been told he has to defend his, his title, but he can choose his opponent. That's right. And he also chooses the referee for the night, which is Shane McMahon. So Shane's immediately back out. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay. But I, like, oh, God, I just can't stop beating up people. He's the proto-Jared. He really is. So there's the question. Shane McMahon is pro-Test and Steph. Is he pro-Triple H still? That hasn't actually been resolved. Which I don't think was maybe the case where they wrote this down, but that's what I got from it, because I'm like, oh, there's a bit of a... Was that why they put him in to be the ref then? I think so, and also to close that chapter and start this new one, uh, Triple H has a security line with him, rather like Tyson versus Lewis which we'll get to in a few years' time. I like the line of security. I think it's great. However, they let Shane through, so they're dormant. They're basically dormant. They're basically Your name's dormant. not down, you're not coming in. Right. Triple H runs down all the wrestlers tonight that have shared the ring with Austin. Goes through them all. Insults him. Tries to be like The Rock, but no, no way. Nowhere near but as creative. Does get a good line on Mick Foley. Oh, yeah, because he says, he says, Mankind, go play with your sock. Hard cut. Yeah. Now, what was there the line? There is What was the line there? Can you remember? Because I can't. Because obviously they've cut a bit out. Uh, they well, call it them was a retard at one point. No, yeah, they censor. No, they don't censor retard. There are what words they censor. They don't censor. They certainly don't censor piss. retard. They censor piss. Yeah. Uh, but they <laughs> they love retards. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, they're okay. But so I'm like, so I'm trying what? Because you mother. <laughs> if you know at Matthew Greg on Twitter, at Tom Campbell on Twitter, uh-huh. if you know the word, because it just it just feels like there's a hard cut. I have to find like a live report. Yeah. Which go play with your sock. Just kind of goes up at the end. Mick F. Something was gone from that bit that they had to get rid of. Did he he just suddenly say, go play with your sock, Chris Benoit? (laughs) That's the only thing I could think of that would have been definitely cut from the network. No, I think it was actually pre, like I said, it's a pre-taped show, so I think it was just cut when they did it. Just a bad cut. Yeah, just a bad cut, so... Ooh, that's a bad cut. Spe- well, we'll get the bad cuts. Oh, he certainly so, will. Triple H is is going pretty hard on this whole, I'm really bad, I'm evil, and challenges none other than Vince McMahon, <laughs> who has been shown watching the show backstage with Shane McMahon. No reaction to this announcement whatsoever. Vince says he will have not, he does not want to get involved in in ring action. That's the former Vince. He is, the the corporation is dead and buried. He's not going to get involved in this. So he actually doesn't say no. He goes, no. Um, And he goes back to being normal voice, Vince. Triple H has to say, have you, what's the matter, Vince? Don't you have the balls to get, and that gets a pop because nothing else is getting a reaction. Says no again. And. Triple H says, well, 
Looks like you know a man. Maybe I can go chill out with Linda and show her a real man is. And then Vince is all right with it. Vince in normal clothes at the old age of 54. Or whatever age he wants to say he is. He's just, he's just hit 30, according to him, if you ask him today. Uh, just starts getting beat up by Triple H, and that's your main event. And no one really cares. I'd have called his bluff. Triple right. H said, maybe if you're not man enough, I'll go show Linda McMahon a good time. The Vince goes, yeah, all right, go on then. Yeah. <laughs> She's all yours, pal. But Vince was like, put your line right now, like, wow, well, silly woman that you're not bothering backstage. Jeez. Right, so I'll go load up the WrestleMania theme for you whilst you're at it. <laughs> yeah. Won't you get with my daughter while you're at it, Triple H? <laughs> oh, hello. Yeah. So Vince versus yeah. Trips. And it's, again, like, they're really going hard on this Triple H being... This, this almost like a creep, this threatening guy. It's not really fitting. No, they're, they're, they are trying so hard with Triple H at this point. They're yeah. trying so many different things. to, And, and gen, generally, I think he fits as the top bad guy, but they are but they're still testing the waters with what he's about. Like, is he, a, is he just, is he like a dominating heel? Is he yeah. a chicken heel? Is he a... Sock a, heel. Yeah. <laughs> is, is he just, is he just a badass? Is he a lech? We still don't know. Yeah. He's, they're trying lots of different things. It's, a, it's the land of confusion at the moment. He's definitely a game, but we don't know which game he is, so... We know the name of the game. <laughs> That's the <laughs> name <laughs> of the game! Do you feel... Stop it. I do. So, there's no need for notes uh, in terms well, of matches because yeah. Vince gets a bad cut. Hey, oh. that's that segue from earlier. Hey. And it's a bad cut, but neither Blood nor Shane can really get any interest from this. The crowd's like, all right. It's very out of absolutely nowhere. Triple H puts Vince through the announce table. It's like, okay, he gets some water spilt on him. Don't know where I came from, but he's <laughs> putting an image of him being wet. And he puts him in the ring, carry on beating some more. Vince gets a low blow. Shane's like, I didn't see nothing. Like, it matters because referees. And eventually, what happens, Tom? Well, uh, a bloodied and battered Vince McMahon who is sweating and bleeding. It's such an iconic image of Vince in his suit just being ripped apart by Triple H. Linda comes out. Uh, and, and Linda gets grabbed by China. So Linda is being forced to what? And again, it's that whole idea of what are we doing with Triple H at this point? Yeah. Because like Triple H like runs his hands across Vince's bloodied head, wipes the blood across his chest in front of Linda, and Linda is acting her head off. Really? No, stop it. Thing. Stop it, Triple and H. The, stop it. The crowd. Linda.exe <laughs> does not like this. LindaMcMahon.com. Okay. Um, and the crowd are starting to chant Austin now. The crowd, yeah. the crowd, are, they know the game's afoot, no pun intended. Uh, uh, uh. They know Austin's there. Triple H picks up Vince for a pedigree. Glass shatters. Biggest pop of the night from the crowd. And out comes Austin through the crowd because they were ready for him at the There's entrance. The security so through the crowd, you cheeky devil. He went, went around the scrum. And through uh, the scrum, just clears, just batters everybody. Uh, mainly drops the stunner on China, drops the stunner on Triple H. Has a think. Has a little think, realizes what's going on, grabs Vince McMahon, pulls Vince McMahon over to Triple H, lies him on top of Triple H, pulls Shane McMahon, who is still the referee, over. 
And the machine counts one, two, three. The unthinkable has happened, and Vince McMahon is your WWF champion. The unstupidal has stupided. <laughs> the unstupid. Vince McMahon, for whatever reason, wins the world title on SmackDown. Basically, to distract from the fact that Austin's knackered. It's it's a good strategy that mm-hmm. Heyman was king of in ECW because, you know, people would leave frequently, things would happen and need to get changed. So it's all like, like, there's no sleight of hand. Aha! Yeah. Austin's injured. We're not doing Austin singles on the pay-per-view because he's just out of it right now. So, hey, look at the left hand while the right hand puts a title on Vince. Yeah. Aha! Who knows what will happen? I work so- We know what's going to happen. The buy rate's not going to be great. That's what's going to happen. It's not. It's not going to be a good buy rate at yeah. all. But we'll get- so I- Vince McMahon wins the world title. Uh, Russell Crabb inducted this. They certainly did. And rightly so. Yeah. This is what. This is a weird thing because the Vince McMahon did actually pop a buy rate for SmackDown and UPN. There was rumor, there was suggestion because obviously this is pre-taped. Mm-hmm. There was there was rumblings that Vince McMahon wins the WWF title on SmackDown this week, which actually caused a spike in the figures for UPN. Oh. And it's that whole thing where, for some reason, as annoying as as annoying as they are to us fans most of the time, when the McMahons turn up, it, it does figures, yeah. it does numbers every like almost every time. Mm-hmm. If they say Vince McMahon will be on Raw tonight. Like, I remember when Roman Reigns was getting the biggest booze of his career. He did a whole night's worth of angle with Vince McMahon. And by the end of the night, they were cheering yeah. They were cheering louder than ever for Roman Reigns. Yeah. There is this weird Midas touch that the McMahons have. And it worked on the ratings here as well. Yeah. Really did. I did a little bit of maths on the finish. Oh, match. did you, Tom? Did a little bit of maths because I was intrigued because I'd forgot. I, I'd, I'd realised that uh, that um, Triple H lost the belt on this night, but I forgot the means in which he lost it. Austin gave him the stunner, and then eventually Austin had the idea drape mm-hmm. Vince over the top. I wanted to count how long it took from bang hitting the stunner to the three count. And it took 19 seconds. Mm-hmm. So Triple H would lay out for 19 seconds. Mm-hmm. From, and so I, I was wondering whether, I saw that and I thought, is this, is something that happened in the future a bit of payback for what happened here? So I went to WrestleMania 19 to watch Triple H hit the pedigree on Booker T and counted the time it took from bang pedigree to... Cover, one, two, three. Austin, Stunner, to pinning Triple H in 1999 was 19 seconds. Mm-hmm. Triple H, Pedigree and Booker, to pinning Booker, 25 seconds. So <gasps> only about six seconds difference between the two. Fun bit of maths for you, based on events that would happen four years later. And they're both fondly remembered, so... Both very fondly remembered by us fans. Yes. But we go off air for this edition of SmackDown with a brand new WWF champion, yeah. Vince McMahon. Wait, what's that? Hello, my friend, we're being okay. No, 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 no. Because, spoilers for next week on Raw, Vince would come out and give us the one classic photo of him coming with a suit and opening a jacket to reveal the title. I got that crazy was a face. Great moment. And then go, wait, what, what am I doing? God almighty, I've got a company to run. Uh, vacates <laughs> it. And then we'll get that to be the week before. Unforgiven 1999. So, lots of crazy stuff happening. Yeah. And again, so, they're being quite cheeky here. So, yeah, we promise these ratings. Um, we can get you those ratings. This will happen. This will happen. Also, Steve Austin's injured. And, yeah, it'll be fine. If someone will be a champion, Austin is injured. Austin is injured. <laughs> okay. 
He'll be after. He'll be fine once he's injured. Oh yeah, he definitely won't take another. You know, was it was a year off, wasn't it? In uh, after Survivor Series '99, yeah. That was Jesus. it. He was he was gone for he was gone for almost a, for almost a full year. It's almost it is crazy when you, the, the history of Austin takes the Owen Driver SummerSlam ninety SummerSlam ninety seven, and then is like, oh, you're not good, and he's like. I'm literally about to become the hottest thing in all of wrestling. I did not, you know, survive off of bags of potatoes in Memphis and drive over iced lakes uh, to, <laughs> to make it to shows only to have my a little thing like a broken neck getting away of things. So it's amazing to see this, this style of wrestling around that basically is happening to help Austin. Why is he getting the wild, crazy brawls? Why is he driving trucks? Is Triple H? Why is he stunning uh, Triple H to get Vince McMahon the championship? Because he's not good. It's all stuff that that personified an entire generation in wrestling, right? And it was majorly done to help Austin. Yeah. During a time when he couldn't have those big long pay per view matches, yeah. this was what they did instead. And 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 his weirdly his injury defined an entire era in wrestling. Yeah. And, and there's something quite nice about the fact that we're coming up to a point where, you know what, he can take some time off, and it's okay. Right. Like we are coming up to, and, and what's what's nice is is that we're we're coming up to the year 2000, and it's a really good year in wrestling. I I remember the 2000 really fondly mm. because we saw a lot of new, fresh young guys coming through, and it felt like something special. But we're kind of we're not quite there. Yet. We're still at the point where a lot of the old a lot of guys are still at the top who need a break. Mm. And Austin is one of them. So we're gonna we're gonna persevere with them for a little while longer yeah. before we usher in at the new era in two thousand. Yeah, start of the millennium. Yeah, it's a great period to start watching wrestling. I think we've said this before yeah. in the previous podcast because we're literally getting the arse end of Russo when it's like, no, some of these ideas are good and how they were implemented week by week is that the fun bit of it. Yeah. You know. We're getting a pop for a Mark Henry tag match. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know. So thing you remembered about this episode okay I remembered Vince McMahon winning the WWF championship the thing that I remember is I remember it through what we're going to talk about which is the the video package they did to hype Unforgiven and they had this really dramatic music oh. playing as you saw clips of Vince McMahon versus yeah. Triple H so I remember this match happening I think it's the first time I properly watched it all the way through uh, yeah so Vince McMahon becoming WWF champion is something I remember from this yeah. show and I'll at least put it above, you know, Russo winning the title because this was, you know, part... Trying to get... Wait a minute. What am I trying to say here? <laughs> My man win the title was to get Triple H over. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it didn't. Anyway, so ignore what I've just said. Okay. I'll myself immediately. But that's one good thing to remember. What I remembered was... Weirdly enough, Mr. Hughes being Jericho's dude, because I had the copy of The Riff magazine that covered this month, but not seen the TV, and it went on about in the detail about who he was. I mean, it sounded like he had like some rough years, but what they meant was he'd been in ECW. Um, he'd come out and he's found himself and it's great. But it was great. They put all this effort into doing research, interviewing him and give him a bio. And then by next issue, he'd gone. <laughs> it's like, all right, but there he is. We've got, the, we've got The Riff magazine. We'd have thought, 
you know, it was a big deal, like the the Nails versus Undertaker feud that made the front cover of the Ref magazine, <laughs> but never actually happened on TV. Uh, thing you'd forgotten about? Um, the early American Badass Undertaker teaser. Right. Completely, I knew Undertaker was pagged at this point, but seeing him in jeans and a t-shirt and a bandana, and I remember thinking, he looks quite cool, but they haven't explained why he's here. That would eventually become the look for Undertaker yeah. for a big chunk of his career. And we got a little teaser of it tonight, which I liked. Yep. How about you? What did you? There's something you'd forgotten. <laughs> Shasta McNasty. <laughs> the name we've, itself. We've the all name. Forgotten Shasta McNasty. You don't need to Google. <laughs> Starring Gary Busey's kid. There we go. Can already see it, and now I can unsee it by not thinking about it as well. How easy is that, Tom? Amazing scenes. Uh, if you're not googling Shasta McNasty, uh, you can find at Matthew Greg on Twitter. I'm at Tom <laughs> Campbell on Twitter. Together we are at Cultaholic on Twitter. Love you. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.